Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and uh, it's just nasty out there. I'm sorry. I got my cup of coffee. I'm sitting here in the radio station. I'm trying to stay real positive. But I know you're all on the couch. You have your cup of coffee. Of course, you have the radio show on. What does that mean? You have time to call with your questions. Give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Again, 775-1310, 877-393-8255. I'm here. I don't really want to talk about what I have to talk about today. I want to talk about what you want to talk about out there. So give me a call if you're shy, don't want to be on the air. Give Debbie the question she'll ask me, and we'll start a conversation, okay? This is a call-in show. Call me. I'm lonely today. It's raining outside. It's not that exciting in the gardening world right now. But you want to know what? It's going to be hit or miss all weekend, okay? there's You know, it's raining pretty heavy right now. But that's okay. It's 8 o'clock, you know. We got plenty of time during the day. To mix in those little gardening projects, uh, yesterday I finally got my deer fence up on on my garden, and uh, my lovely wife Sue helped with that, and so we got it all squared away, got the new door put in, and, and uh, everything's kind of looking really good. But what I wanted to tell you was my garden is 90% done. I've planted my tomatoes. I've planted my peppers. I've planted all the things I told you you should wait till June. Okay, because this is crazy, folks. I mean, we are ahead of schedule now. Okay, the gardening season is in full swing. You know, no frost, knock on wood. No frost in the forecast, long range. The full moon is gone in May. Okay, normally, you know, it's towards Memorial, but the full moon's passed. We had lovely, wonderful overcast skies when the full moon came through i like to see a nice full moon but you know what it's good in may when the full moon is covered by overcast skies and you know it looks like the doors are wide open i am telling everyone plant it's time to go do you hear my urgency we've had a cold spring we've had a damp spring but we've had those moments in there that are absolutely wonderful and I can't tell you how much the Garden Center looks amazing. Um, you know, walking around there yesterday afternoon, just everything looks amazing. The rhododendrons and azaleas are starting to peak. Now, I know in your yard they're not, but in the Garden Center, they're always a week or two or three ahead. The foxgloves look wonderful. Trolleys, hosta look beautiful. I mean, huge selection of hosta right now. The stillbees are throwing all their bloom spikes. The viburnums, the fragrant viburnums, oh. You can smell them from a mile away right now. And, you know, the lilacs, same thing. They're in bloom. I have a beautiful lilac I just planted. And it uh, was actually a return to the garden center. Um, We unfortunately had some lilacs that were mislabeled last year from one of our suppliers. And this particular lilac was supposed to be a primrose lilac, which is a a light buttery yellow I call it more creamy white than a yellow. It's not really a true yellow. There isn't really a true yellow lilac, unfortunately. But primrose is the closest we have to that. And it's blooming beautiful dark purple. I mean, just stunning. I was so happy when it popped out its blossoms here. The buds are swelling. Everything's looking unbelievable. It's going to be a wonderful plant long term in my yard. 
and the dwarf conifers and Japanese maples. Oh, just the foliage, the different textures, the cones. I can't tell you how much I love that portion of the garden center. You know, I know everybody's thinking flowers right now, but I'm going to take a step back to those winter shows. And if you weren't listening during the winter, you know, go back and listen to the podcast. You can pick that up at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. But go back to some of those winter shows when we were talking about winter interest and how you should really look at your garden at that time. Let's not forget that. Now's the time to think about, okay, did I make that list? Did I think about that spot that needs an evergreen, that needs something interesting in the winter, a different shape? Those conifers and you know funky maples and, and specialty plants are what fill that void for our winter interest. So think about those right now. I know we're starting to really get focused on hanging baskets and annuals and all that, but today is a perfect day to take stock of those views out of your windows. Okay, so grab that cup of coffee, take a walk around, look at some of those views out your windows. And one of those things we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show is we're going to talk about great screens make great neighbors. Okay, because now is the time when you really start to understand where you need privacy. Okay, because now everybody's starting to get out. They're starting to use their backyards. They're starting to pile up that wood that you don't want to see all summer. They're starting to put that trailer where you hate to look at it. They're doing all the things that you can't stand. Okay, and because you're out using the yard, now it's really starting to bug you. So we're going to talk about how and what types of screens you can do to kind of hide some of these things. And just because you put a plant to block your neighbor doesn't mean you're a mean person. It means you like your privacy. And my saying is, great screens make great neighbors. You love your neighbors, but you don't want to see what they're doing. You want to invite them over for a drink? That's great. You know, you want to spend time with them? That's your option. But if you want to not see what's going on and you want to block what they can see, now's the time to think about that. It can be a long-term project. It could be a short-term project. Okay, so we'll talk about a few of those things. But the other thing I want to talk about was our mobile app. I, I brought this up a few times and, and our e-news and all of that, but wow, amazing coupons right now on there, okay? Some of the things are we've got specials on Endless Summer Hydrangea. We've got specials on Pottery. How timely is that? You know, you're starting to think about putting all your pots out, planting them up. Fruit trees, prime time to plant fruit trees. Pansies, okay, Let's talk pansies, folks. We missed the season, okay? All of you were still in hibernation in April and late March. So what does that mean? We're overloaded with pansies. They look amazing, okay? They still look great, but they're buy one, get one free, all sizes. Patio pots, hanging baskets, six packs, all buy one, get one free. But you got to have the coupons, okay? This is not in-store stuff. So download the mobile app or look at your e-news if you're a member of that or sign up at our website. But there's specials on evergreen trees, roses, trellises, all kinds of stuff that can help you save money. Okay, so some deals on there. But let's talk a little bit about the vegetable garden because now 
if you saw our interview with Channel 6, Cindy Williams, last night, uh, WCSH6.com, you can probably pick that up. We'll also be posting that on our Facebook page first of the week. But we talked about the vegetable garden, okay? And we talked a little bit about, you know, what you should do. Uh, One product that I recommend is Actinovate. Okay, and because it's that time of year when we're starting to think about planting tomatoes, Actinovate will give you that natural, organic coverage from blight. Okay, it's a stress reliever, which the number one thing when blight attacks is stress. Okay, so Actinovate's a good way to kind of mitigate some of that transplant shock and problems down the road. I really like the product. I used it yesterday when I planted a few tomatoes few peppers, got my second crop of peas in. So things are kind of happening. The other thing that's happening in the garden is I'm ahead of schedule this year. <laughs> yeah. Last year I was behind the eight ball. I hadn't even thought about planting my vegetable garden. Okay. This year I'm I'm doing pretty well. But of course with everything I can always do more planning, as I'm sure you can. So what I'm doing is I'm going to expand my garden in the next couple weeks. And what I'm going to do is I've decided I would space things out better, have better rows, more space to walk within the garden. Uh, got my pole beans in. Um, but I'm going to double the size of my garden. I'm going to get a delivery of super soil from the garden center and make a new raised plot. Now, when I make a raised plot, I don't use boards. Okay, a lot of people use boards. I just make a nice mound. And I don't like to use boards because I can't get my rototiller inside of it. I, I, It just doesn't work for me. I like to, you know, have a nice raised bed, but not necessarily have it in a way that is, you know, confined by boards or, or some other structure. So I kind of cut that out. I'm going to double the size this year because I want to do more vine crops. So more cucumbers, more squash. So I need more space. Uh, you know, I'm going to let them run kind of out on, into a, an area where they can kind of do what they want to do, and I'm not going to worry too much about it. But I'm going to also try some corn. Okay, I haven't done that in a while. So I'm glutton for punishment. So I'll try that this year. Uh, I'm going to add some uh, a couple pumpkins, you know, just to play around with. And, you know, squash is going to be a big one this year. My wife loves squash. So we're going to do delicata, acorn, um, and you name it, spaghetti squash. I'm going to probably build a little greenhouse over those early in the season here to kind of kick up, you know, uh, the heat and kind of bring those plants along a little quicker. Okay. So I'm going to kind of make a a nice little tent for those to kind of get them nice and jump-started. Cucumbers, I'm going to do more rotations of cucumbers. We never seem to have enough cucumbers. So, you know, I love cucumbers. You could just slice them up, a little vinegar, salt, you know, eat a bowl of them. They're a great summer treat, you know, on a nice evening. You know, cucumber water is another good one my wife loves. So, you know, we're going to add some of those in also. But I, I wanted to let everybody know, you can still build a garden at this point. You've got plenty of time. Okay, so I'm going to be adding on to my existing garden. I've got a wonderful patch of lettuce going. Now, what I did with my lettuce is I planted some that were already started, and then I seeded some also. 
So I'm going to have lettuce within a couple weeks, uh, some leaf lettuce, masculine mix that I planted from starts. Okay, when I say starts, they've been grown in the greenhouse. They're ready to go. Um, you know, within a couple weeks, I'll be picking leaf lettuce. But I also, at the same time, seeded some lettuce in from seed. Okay, and what that will do is that's my second crop. Okay, so I'm not going to be out of lettuce. And then when I harvest the the plants that I put in, I'm going to take those out and I'm going to seed my third crop. So when I start picking my first crop, my second crop actually, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to seed the other crop, my third crop. So I know that sounds, I mean, everybody's like, wow, you know, you're doing that many crops. In a, we're talking a 10 by 12 garden here, folks. Okay, these are small amounts. It's my wife and I. We share with other folks if we have extra. You know, always good to either donate or give to friends or, you know, don't waste it, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, got the beets in. I got some beautiful, beautiful basil plants I put in, but I also seeded a row of basil. I got some kale that I seeded also. That's kind of new. I'm not, I'm not big on kale, but we're giving it a shot. You know, they they say it's really healthy. I guess I'm going to make some shakes or something. I don't know. My wife's got a plan. She wanted kale. We got kale. So things, when you go to the garden center and you want to pick up, okay, pick up the actinovate, some garden tone, some copper sulfate, and possibly some insecticide, depending on what you normally have problems. The other product I want you to think about is think about picking up Sluggo Plus. Okay, I like to sprinkle that over the top of my seedling rows. Okay, and the reason being is if you have a problem with cutworm, this is an organic way to get rid of cutworm right from the get-go. Okay, don't wait until you have a problem. Do it right over the bean rows. Do it right over the, the cucumber rows. Just sprinkle it over when you see, after you seed and, and backfill around your seed. Just sprinkle it over the top. That will get rid of your cutworm, and it will knock out the problem right from the get-go. I had a problem last year. I did that, okay? Knock that problem right out, okay? If you have a question about your vegetable garden, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. If you want a perfect lawn this year, you need to stop weeds before they come up. Bonide makes that happen with Bonide Weed Beater Complete. Bonide Weed Beater Complete is a total lawn weed control product. It prevents weed seeds from germinating and kills weeds that are already there. Tough grassy weeds like crabgrass and nutsedge, as well as broadleaf weeds like clover and creeping charlie are no match for Weed Beater Complete. Weed Beater Complete kills over 200 hard-to-kill grassy and broadleaf weeds. It works through the roots and shoots of a weed, killing it before it can get started or after the weed has started to grow. Available in a convenient granular formula for easy spreader application. 
Let's get you to a picture-perfect lawn. Stop on your way home and pick up some bonide Weed Beater Complete at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Hollywood loves a good fish-out-of-water story. However, try placing an unfamiliar plant in a foreign spot and your garden could quickly turn into a horror scene. Native plants require less work, look better, and last longer, which is what makes the American Beauties collection of trees, shrubs, and perennials such a success. You'll find American Beauties ready to star in your garden right now at Estabrooks and Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, and you want to call me. I know you do. 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. I hope you got your cup of coffee. I hope you're just relaxing and enjoying a little break before we should get out there and garden later today. Okay? If the weather doesn't turn around, which I think it's going to. I think we're going to have some nice overcast weather today. It's going to be kind of moist, but today is a perfect day to shop because tomorrow's going to be beautiful, okay? And speaking of shopping, you know, if you look out your window, probably your lawn, the dandelions are going nuts. I mean, they're everywhere. The yellow heads are popping up. Now's a perfect time to knock those out if you're looking to do a weed and feed. Tomorrow's going to be a great, perfect situation. The lawn's going to be wet. The skies are going to clear. You know, that's the thing. And we've talked about weed and feeds before. You have to have a moist lawn in order for the for the chemical to dissolve and kill those weeds. So if you're looking to do that, first off, when was the last time you fertilized? Was it two weeks ago? If it was, if you put down your crabgrass control two weeks ago, you can't do that. Okay, you can't fertilize back to back that quickly. You need at least a month in between. More like six weeks is best. So usually at this time, we're getting on to step two of some sort of lawn control if you're doing that. Or you could use liquid also. You know, a liquid's a great option, you know, for dandelion control and broadleaf weed control. I like it because I can spot treat my lawn. I don't need to do the whole thing if I don't want to, okay? And with a weed and feed or a fertilizer, you know, if you just spot treat, Part of the lawn is going to be really nice and green. Part of it isn't. But the liquid, you can go ahead and do that on a nice sunny day and just spot treat if you have a bad area. The other thing is get out there tomorrow and mow that lawn down nice and low. Okay, get those heads before they go to seed. It's amazing, dandelions. You see them in color one day, and I swear to God, two days later, they're throwing seed everywhere. Okay, so be proactive on your dandelions right now. Okay, very important to kind of keep that ball rolling on that lawn. But obviously, Mother Nature's not playing nice with us today so far. But 
when another thing when you come into the garden center, you might be able to get ready, have the products. I always find if I have the products in my garage, I'm more apt to grab them at the end of the day and just do something. Okay. So like yesterday, I took some time off and I worked in the vegetable garden a little bit. I did some weeding. Boy, those weeds, they're just coming on like gangbusters. And after this rain, we're going to see another surge. Okay. I have used some of the maize product that we've talked about, that corn gluten. I do think it's working well. I, I'm, I've, been, I've been pretty happy with it. Now, after this rain, I think I'm going to do another application, okay, um, because I am starting to see some more seeds pop up. We've had some weather that have kind of knocked the soil around. Um, I'm also going to put some mulch down. So I'm going to put that maize product over my new mulch after I lay it down, let the mulch settle for a couple days, and then I'm going to spray all the mulch down. And that's a nice corn gluten organic way to try to knock out any weed seeds that might be popping up through. But let's talk great screens make great neighbors, okay? I say this time and time again, and I always get a chuckle from customers. If you have a question about screens, give me a call. 775-1310-877-393-8255. A lot of damage on evergreen screens this year so far. Um, And we'll talk more about damage because we've got some questions I'm going to uh, from our, our website. You can submit questions at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. But there's been a lot of damage to screens. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how you and how you go about a screen. Because to me, there's a few different options. Number one, the biggest thing on a screen to me is diversity. I'm not a big one-type-of-plant-hedge type person, personally. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. A nice arborvitae hedge works wonderfully. It's great. It holds up. We've got them at the garden center. I would use them in many different fashions. I have no problem with that. The problem I do have is when we use a monoculture, meaning a one-type-of-plant, if one dies in the middle, then what? Then we have to spend a lot of money trying to find one that's big to fill in. So I always kind of err on the more natural side of screening. Now, a monoculture screen works really well when we don't have the width or the space in order to do the screen we would love to do. Okay, so you need a screen. It's right on the edge of your driveway. You know, you're going to use it kind of like a fence. Now, Arborvitae, Upright Juniper, some of those things are wonderful for that situation. And I... That's the place I use them time and time again. But I'm talking about the backyard, you know, the area you could kind of use and add some color in, you know, a few evergreen trees, maybe some dwarf conifers. Have a more garden look, okay? So here's what I want you to do today, folks, is I want you to look out the window and look at those places that you need to screen and think to yourself, is this a problem in the winter? Do I really hate looking at this in the winter? If the answer is yes, figure out that view, that space in which you need evergreen plants. Okay, year-round screening. Don't want to look at the neighbor's hot tub in the middle of the winter. Don't want to look in their window. Don't want them to look in your window. That's an evergreen screen situation. Now, to either side of that view, you may be able to get away with deciduous plants. Hydrangeas, Forsythia, Privet, Wigilia, Lilacs, all the things that will add color texture and beauty to your yard. 
and grow at twice the growth rate and be less expensive to put in to start. So having that mixed screen and then, you know, maybe your evergreens, you put a few flowering plants in front of them. Okay, so now you've kind of got a nice look, a nice garden. You've cut the costs, okay, but you've taken care of the view that you really need year-round. The other thing is when you don't have a screen, you're looking right through and so is your neighbor. As soon as you put deciduous plants in the way, your eye is not going to focus through those plants long-term. Once they get big and beautiful, even in the winter when they don't have leaves on them, you're not going to focus through those plants. You've put a barrier in between you and the thing you're trying to block. Your eye naturally will not look through that. Now, if you want to focus on it, it's going to focus, okay? But if you put something in between, you're naturally not going to focus on that thing that is behind there. Maybe it's your neighbors in the window. Maybe it's that trailer you don't like the looks of, the wood pile, whatever it might be. The main state flag, that blue tarp that's covering something, you know. Everybody should buy brown, brown, brown tarps, not blue tarps, okay? I, I got a little pet peeve with this, you know, just because you go by people's house and this blue tarp, it sticks out like a sore thumb. If you've ever seen a brown tarp, they just don't stick out the same way. It's a little pet peeve. That's okay. But choices for evergreen screens. Now, the first thing we want to talk about is do we have deer issues? That's the first decision we talk about. Now, what I'm going to tell you is... There's no deer-proof plants, folks, okay? In the garden center, we have had the most unbelievable onslaught of people coming in with deer damage this year on things that we never see deer damage problems on. Hemlock, stripped, not a branch left on it. Six-foot hemlock, all the way the top foot is the only part of the plant that has needles on it, okay? Hemlocks, we, we never have damage on hemlocks. Furs, completely stripped. Arborvitae, of course, are a favorite, but even spruce this year, we were having problems. Now, this tells me there's nothing we can do when the deer get hungry other than protect our plants in the winter. And it's amazing to me, you know, that we wake up all of a sudden and we look out the back window and the hemlock's completely stripped. We didn't notice that there were deer tracks all around. We didn't notice that there were deer in the yard. We didn't notice all of those things because we weren't looking there. It wasn't part of our daily life. So that's kind of what I'm talking about with the screens is if you're not noticing the deer damage, then you're not really blocking something that you're too worried about. Your eye isn't really focused on that. But winter is a time when you really have to inspect your plants and stay on top of them. And this year is a prime example of damage happens regardless of what we plant. It's just a question of when and how and what are the conditions that it's going to happen in, okay? Because this year in February, March, and early April, people got decimated. So here are some different options that I think are really good, give you the best protection. White spruce and Norway spruce. We saw the least amount of damage, okay? And white spruce is going to be for a smaller space. I love white spruce because it gets cone early. It's a smaller plant, slower growing. 
And then, of course, Norway gets a bigger cone, dark green, that arching habit, but a big tree. Okay, so you need to shear them. You need to give them space. But a great screen. Holds their branches right to the ground. Um, Really, really great scenario. Now, let's talk arborvitae. Okay, because arborvitae to me, we've got two different types that are great for screening. Green giant, okay, and dark American or nigra. Okay, dark American has been around forever. We've been selling it for a long time. Now, green giant is a faster-growing arborvitae. What I will tell you is you will go online and many places it will say deer-resistant. Deer-resistant only means the deer will eat it, okay? There's no such thing as deer-resistant, especially after this winter, okay? So green giant arborvitae are an excellent choice, okay? Big grower, fast grower, um, great evergreen screen, can be sheared very easily, great by itself as one plant, can be a nice accent, but a big grower, okay? It's very, it's not as, it's somewhat pointed. So check those two arborvitae out. I like those two. Emerald green, I'm not a huge fan when it comes to screens for emerald green, unless you have a really tight space that you don't have much width. Okay. Then to me, it works well, but I like the bigger growers. And then of course, fir and hemlock. Okay. Firs, great, and hemlock, great for a shadier location with some moist soils. Okay. Not wet, but moist. Okay. So if you have questions with screens, give me a call, 775-1310-877-393-8255, or if you have damage on your plants, because we're going to talk more about that after we take a quick break on WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. When it comes to your garden, there's plenty of wonderful plants that offer understated beauty. But what if you want something that's big, bold, and beautiful? For an instant blast of technicolor delight, Dinnerfly Dahlias are the way to go. Named for their enormous blooms that stretch up to 10 inches across, these dahlias will add dramatic color to your garden, window boxes, and containers. A wide variety of fantastic colors are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. 
In a constantly changing world, shouldn't your garden be evolving with it? Endless summer hydrangeas have caused a revolution in the garden, boasting big, beautiful flowers on old and new growth. These aren't your grandmother's hydrangeas. The revolution continues with Bloomstruck, the newest addition to the Endless Summer Collection. Bloomstruck offers striking red-purple stems, dark green leaves, and a bevy of blooms. Find yours now at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com slash videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. On another rainy Saturday morning, when is this going to stop? I am sick of it. Cold weather, now rain. But, you know, it was funny because this morning when I was going into the garden center to get organized to come to the radio station, I got out of the car and I was getting ready to walk up to the office and get my paperwork together and everything. And I noticed the change, though. This is a warm rain, okay? This is a big change, okay, because spring rain is the cold, awful rain to work in. This is actually a warm rain. The humidity is up. You can tell that it, it's just a spring-summer rain. It's not that same cold, nasty. It has changed. That tropical feel to this storm is there. The humidity is high in the air, and it just feels different. And that's a great sign for the growing season because I know it's supposed to be in the 40s tonight, but that means that everything is warming up, okay? The water is warming out in the bay. All the lakes are finally warming up, which basically mitigates a lot of the cold weather that we have. We just don't dip as low at night. So that just feel, the birds were chirping, you know, it was a little lull in the rain when I got to work, and it just felt like, wow, it, the growing season is really here now, okay? So the question has been all the last week or so, can I plant? Can I plant? Can I plant? Can I plant? Yes, you can plant, okay? Yes, you can plant. It's time to go, okay? The full moon's passed. It's time to get to your local garden center, start looking around, thinking about your choices, come with a list of all the products you need, so you don't have to make multiple trips. But pick off pieces that you can. And like I was saying earlier in the show, I'm a person that if I have the materials, I can pick little projects off. So I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to go to the store and get a lot of materials for a lot of different products projects. 
but I don't necessarily feel like I have to do them all at once. But because of my hectic schedule in the spring, if I have the stuff at home, I tend to get home from work and I'll be like, oh, I'll go out to the garden, I'll seed those peas. Or I'll go out and I'll mulch that bed. Or I'm going to go out and I'm going to weed. Or I'm going to put the maze down. Or I pick my moments to do little things along the week. So when I get to the weekends, if I have time off, which I never do, but if you get to the weekend and want to go do stuff that's fun, you've picked off 60-80% of your projects all week by 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 15 minutes here. It You just knock a lot of your gardening big items off and then it's just fun. You know, if you want to go to the garden center and pick up a few more plants, do a new container in a spot, that's fun. Don't take and make your gardening a complete chore. Okay, this is for the joy of gardening. Okay, there are chores that need to be done in your garden, you know, weeding, maintenance, pruning. But if you prune a couple plants a day, it's not as big a cleanup job. It's not as big a a, a hassle. A few things all the time will really... And that's kind of my motto of what I've gotten to because I'm so busy in the spring. I don't really plant a lot in the spring. I, I focus on my vegetable garden. I'll get into my annuals here shortly, start kind of putting my baskets out. But I'm not in a rush because I don't get to enjoy them until later. Okay? So if you have a question, give me a call. 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Okay? So... Don't feel like the spring is just upon you, okay? We've got Alan on the phone. Alan, how are you this morning? Good morning, Tom. I'd like to talk to you about overwatering. Overwatering. Oh, <laughs> my <good>. word. <laughs> I don't think we're overwatering yet, unfortunately. <laughs> my garden was popcorn dry. You know, I rototilled it, you know, another area. And, yeah. boy, I'll tell you, the, the soil was dry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. You know, I think... You know, with all this damage we've had on plants, people need to realize, yes, we're getting a good half-inch, inch this weekend, but next week we're going to probably need to start watering again, you know. So what what do we got going on this morning, Alan? Well, the question for you is um, annuals. I'd like to start uh, some annuals from seed. And realistically, I, I know that our seasons uh, here in Maine are not that long. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are a few annuals that you could start from seed that you would you know, that we would do well. Right, right. Well, at this point in the season, you know, a lot of the things I like to do are things that you can direct sow outside. Um, so morning glories are great, nasturtiums, marigolds, still have plenty of time for marigolds. Um, uh, you know, let's see, what else? I'm drawing a blank. I mean, obviously. Cos- Cosmos? Maybe? Cosmos would be a great one, you know. Your, your crop's going to be later. But that's okay. Buy a few seedlings and put some in the garden and then back them up with the seedlings. So you're going to have kind of two crops. Okay. Zinnias oh. would be another one. Okay. Okay. So uh, it's not too late for, for those. Okay. It's not too late for a lot of those. You know, what I would say is the shorter crops, you know, the things that bloom earlier in the season, alyssum would work well, argiratum. You know, yes, you're not going to probably have blooms until July. But that's okay. You know, you mm-hmm. you you really are going to come on really nicely in July and August and into September if you do some seedlings now. Now, always you want to look at the seed packet and look at days to maturity. Okay, so if we start talking it's a eight-month or eight-week, you know, crop time, then you've got to start asking yourself, okay, we're late May, 
that's going to be August before I'm going to get any return on my investment. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I spend the $4 for a six-pack of Argeratum, and it's a better choice for me instead of the $2 for the seed packet. Right. You know what I right. mean? You're buying time. Yeah. You're buying time. But those things like Morning Glories, Nasturtiums, Zinnias, uh, Snapdragons, you know, Pansies, stuff like that that you can seed, and it's going to be a fall crop. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of frost. Snapdragons are a great one. Plant those, you know, in, say, late June, they're going to come mm-hmm. on beautifully, and they're going to take a lot of frost in the fall. So you can extend now, your season. And are those something you could plant under a tree, or you wouldn't recommend that? Part shade's okay. okay. You know, but underneath a big tree that's going to suck a lot of nutrients and moisture, you might have a tough time sustaining them. You know, okay. um, unless you have really good soil. But if it's a big tree, you know, we always have that root competition issue. Yeah, and I have a big maple, and I planted, uh, one thing I planted, which I'm not seeing any results this year, is the sweet woodruff. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it come back, and I don't know if, if that just is something that just dies out. or. Well, sweet woodruff is a, is a water-loving plant. It likes moist soil. Okay. So, you know, if you put it under that big tree and it's got root competition, it's going gonna, it's gonna to almost kill itself to death because it can't get nutrients, it can't get water. You know, and if we're not really good, even on an established patch of really good water in the summer, a lot of times it will just kind of die out. Um, you know, it spreads very nicely in nice, moist soil, but when it's a dry mm-hmm. soil, if we're not real cautious about water, it can it can pass on. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah and I also wanted to just uh, let your listeners know uh, the um, the lily leaf beetle. Yes. Uh, although, although it, they're they're just attacking all my lilies, so I'm using seven and a couple other things to kind of get get rid of them. Yes. But um, you got to be really, really religious about checking them because they are just. Uh, vicious. Yeah, and I know you had sent a, uh, a picture in of on our mobile app. You've been using our mobile app quite a bit. What do you think yeah. about it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's so easy to use. It's it's uh, informational. You you have the numbers for us books right there. It's great. Good, good. Yeah. Thanks for the picture. I I forgot to bring that up. But Lily Leaf Beetle is out now. You know, we'll talk a little bit of, more about that at the end of the the show here. But you know, thanks, Alan. Anything else blooming in your yard at this point? Blooming in my yard at this point. Well, the, the columbines look great. Ah. Um, the, uh, let's see, what else is blooming in my yard? Well, obviously the P- PJMs, the Olgamets, uh, that's that's blooming. Those roadies are really going to be a great show this year. Absolutely. They're, they're looking nice. And I have some. I have them all colored together, like the bleeding hearts are next to it. And so there, there's a little red there. The, mm-hmm. the, the uh, uh, what is it, Mount, Mount Airy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Fothergilla. Uh, yeah, that that's that's starting to pop up, and I have a service berry, and uh, so I what? got a lot of stuff going on. It's, what don't you have, Alan? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You keep <laughs> you keep coming up with things that you you want me to find. How's that witch hazel that we sold you looking? Great. Good. Great. Good. It's starting to leaf out. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for the call, Alan. You're welcome. All right. Okay. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310. Alan emails me all the time via the mobile app. He sends me pictures of different things in his yard. You know, that's what it's about, folks, is a social interaction. You know, if you have a problem with a plant, use it. If you have a, a situation where you've got a beautiful plant you just want to show us that you've bought from us, it's a great way to kind of interact with us. It doesn't always have to be negative. Okay, that's one thing I want I want to say, okay? It doesn't always have to be negative. You can also send beautiful plants that you've bought from us 
it's nice to see beautiful things sometimes out in the garden. Okay, we have, is it Rachel? Rachel, how are you this morning? Good morning. I have a question on vegetable container gardening. Ah, yes. Uh, I would like to, I was thinking of mixing in some good quality compost with the pro mix that I normally use. Mm Mm-hmm. And was wondering if that would make it too heavy for the pot. It shouldn't. I mean, the only thing you really need to do, here's a couple things I might I might recommend, okay, is you can use a compost and mix it with a soilless mix like ProMix, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you're still not getting the nutrient value, okay? So what you might look at is using a gardening soil like Cobbscook from Costa Maine and mixing it with their organic potting soil that has a compost-based potting soil like oh, Bar okay. Harbor. Okay, instead of using ProMix, which is just basically peat moss, vermiculite, perlite, doesn't have a lot of little little bit of starter fertilizer in there, but use the Costa Maine potting soil because it's compost based. Okay, it'll so it's give more light and it is it'll lighten it a little bit, you know. And I would say a third compost to two thirds of the potting soil. Okay, and then when you plant your vegetables in that, the first few weeks you want to be cautious about overwatering. All of a sudden, you're going to see the plants start to take up and really grow. That's when you can pick back up on your water. So lighter waterings, a little bit less frequency when you first start. And then once the plants start to kind of really bounce and grow, then you can start picking up your watering. But until that point, you don't really want to. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for the call. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. In a constantly changing world, shouldn't your garden be evolving with it? Endless summer hydrangeas have caused a revolution in the garden, boasting big, beautiful flowers on old and new growth. These aren't your grandmother's hydrangeas. The revolution continues with Bloomstruck, the newest addition to the Endless Summer Collection. Bloomstruck offers striking red-purple stems, dark green leaves, and a bevy of blooms. Find yours now at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to your garden, there's plenty of wonderful plants that offer understated beauty. But what if you want something that's big, bold, and beautiful? For an instant blast of Technicolor Delight, Dinnerfly Dahlias are the way to go. Named for their enormous blooms that stretch up to 10 inches across, these dahlias will add dramatic color to your garden, window boxes, and containers. A wide variety of fantastic colors are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Do you want a picture-perfect lawn this year? It all starts with using the best grass seed available. Bonide makes that happen with DuraTurf grass seed. Bonide is using the best varieties of grass seed available today for their DuraTurf grass seed mixes. When you start using Bonide's full sun, sun and shade, or dense shade grass seed mixes, you'll have a lawn that is self-repairing and naturally disease and insect resistant. Bonide's DuraTurf grass seed is available at your neighborhood lawn and garden retailer. 
Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit EsterBrooksOnline.com. EsterBrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and it's still raining out there, but that's okay. We're on the radio for another couple minutes. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Alan brought up a great point. Um, Lily leaf beetle, a big problem that go out and inspect all of your Asiatic, Oriental, and a few of your bulbs. Uh, Alan found it on Fritillaria. Okay, which is in the lily family, it does not affect daylilies. Okay, doesn't affect daylilies. So lily leaf beetle, that little red beetle, few products that will help take care of that. Tree and shrub systemic from Bonide, eight from Bonide, seven is always a good one, and bare rose and flower. Okay, so those are all things. The other thing is you can just pick them off. Okay, we have Brian on the phone. Brian, good morning. Tom, good morning. How are um, you? Quick question. I just wanted to follow up on your earlier uh, discussion about uh, hedges. Yes. And I'm just curious about uh, planting a hedge in uh, a fairly uh, dense, coy soil and what you recommend uh, as far as uh, soil prep under those circumstances. Absolutely. So here's, here's the thing about dense, heavy clay. My suggestion is you put the root ball in about halfway, and then we mound that soil around it if we can at all possibly do that and what that will do is that will give a a really good um, quick soil along the top like super soil that's half compost half loam Um, if we do that the roots will go out into that and then they're going to work down into the clay now plants that will do better in clay your norway spruce your white spruce your arborvitae will do pretty well they got to have enough moisture in the summer months, though. You know, clay, when it dries out, it's like concrete. So we got to be cautious about that. If you have to plant them level, we really need to excavate a bunch of soil out. Okay. And my concern with that is we may create a fishbowl scenario. But Arborvitae like it wet, so that's okay. Um, you know, what type of situation are you in? Well, it's low, and it is wet. And uh, I was just... You know, curious if it was something you would, uh, you know, do to amend the clay. You know, if there's uh, any compounds or other organic material that you might use to mix in with some clay. But I, I think the idea of filtering it up might might work well in this circumstance. Yeah, it just gets the water to drain off, but the bottoms of the root system will sit in the water, but the tops will stay out. And those feeder roots are up high. Now, sure. if it's an area that floods during the season you may want to plant it a little bit out of that and let the roots go to the water. You know, something like hemlocks, firs, you know, all of those, the roots will go to the water over long term and it will help dry up that area, okay? But 
when we have evergreens, even though they're water-loving plants like hemlocks, arborvitae, some of the firs, you see them naturally growing in moist, wet areas, but that's because they've always grown in that area. When you take a plant from a dry field that we buy and put Mm -hmm. it into that muck, it hates it. Okay, so we need to keep it up out of the water and let the roots go to it. Then the plant's going to really thrive long term. But you can't just take that plant and stick it in the environment that Mother Nature, you know, from a seedling all the way to a big tree, thrives because it's always grown in that conditions. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Brian, I appreciate the phone call. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. See, folks, it's that easy. You give us a call. You know, we answer the questions. I know. I love it. Thank you all for the calls. You know, it's great because I know a lot of you are, you know, listening on podcast. You're not sitting there in the car listening or whatnot. But don't hesitate to send us a question online, okay? Estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. I've got a couple questions I'm going to try to get here at the end of the show. One is from Rachel. Maybe Rachel was the one that just called, okay? Um, I If you haven't had time and covered this. Can you please explain why buds of a star magnolia look burnt? They have burnt edges to them and carry over the flowers as they open. They are still open, but do not seem as full as normal. Okay. Well, Rachel, this is a pretty common thing. Okay. I think you're getting some buds that are getting completely blown out. Okay. They're probably in the winter getting damaged. And then when the flower emerges, it just doesn't have the power. My suggestion is extra fertilizer on that magnolia this year, extra water in the summer months, and then be really diligent about your water in the fall. If the plant is hydrated going into fall, it will survive those buds much better. The other thing that can happen is the buds will emerge, the flowers will emerge, and we get really heavy wind and it can burn the edges. So I hope that answers your question. Another great week. You know, come visit us at the garden center. I know it's raining outside. We've got umbrellas. Bring your rain jacket. I'm going to be traveling throughout the three stores, so you might run into me. I hope you enjoy your Saturday. It's going to be beautiful tomorrow. Get out there and enjoy your garden. News Radio. I'm Chris Foster. The Islamic extremist group Boko Haram, accused of kidnapping nearly 300 girls in Nigeria, may have struck across the border in.